It's okay. You'll be fine. Okay. All right. Remember, I might be funny, but <laughs> I'm, I'm not taking about. Look at Steve Smith, everybody telling him, get out of here, man. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Unnecessary Roughness with Dylan, Rob, and Gareth. I'm Dylan. I'm Rob. And I'm Gareth. And this is, I guess, technically the inaugural episode. There's one secret episode out there <laughs> that might never be heard um, unless we decide to release a sort of a bonus episode. But that doesn't really count because that was before you joined the team. That's true. Then, it was just Unnecessary Roughness so. with... Was, was it still called Dylan, Rob, and Gareth? Like I was two, just doing no presence. co-anchors without a leader, just sort of, just... Maybe once Same we're famous, things. we can sell that for an yeah. money. Yeah, sort of, yeah. Show sort of our humble roots, so that people mm. know, like you, you can start out like this, and you know, and maybe someday us. you'd be as famous as us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So because we are projecting, I know, I know, Rob said before this that by so this is our Super Bowl special show, and by the Super Bowl special show next year, we'll already be on our worldwide live tour. Yes. Um, yeah. Correct. Yes. We'll be doing Super Bowl previews in front of thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to jump into our Super Bowl preview, I think the first thing that we do want to do is we're all off a very fresh, uh, very late night viewing of the championship games last week. Um, we're in sort of the dead week right now where the, a, a shocking Pro Bowl has just come to a close. Yeah. Um, but we would like to look back first and talk about what we've seen in the championship games and maybe what some of the biggest surprises from those two games are and then what maybe some of our biggest takeaways going forward are. So. Um, maybe if we want to start with the NFC game between the Eagles and the Vikings and just you guys' first initial thoughts. Well, that's incredibly strange to start with the NFC game because that was the second game. Okay, fine. Then we can start with the AFC game if you'd like. (laughs) (laughs) So the AFC AFC game... I saved the best for last. (laughs) So the AFC game um, was incredibly exciting. That was a great game. It was. And it was an incredibly frustrating game for, you know, most of us who hate the Patriots. Um, You know... Tom Coughlin did it again. He drew up the perfect game plan, and the Jags really did absolutely everything they could do to beat the Patriots, and then Tom Brady just sort of did what he does at the end, unfortunately. Um, But what a game. What a game. I sort of feel like looking back that whole evening, quite sort of some of the things that back on, because I felt everyone was quite sort of down. The teams we we wanted to win didn't win. I was fairly neutral about that game. Um, and you, and you were a good sport, and you you cheered against the Patriots. Yeah. Again. But yeah, yeah, you, not the hardest thing you did right by us. Yeah, but it was one of those things, right? Too, where we all got. I mean, maybe not Gary, but yeah, Rob and I got sort of despondent. You know, you sort of knew the Patriots are down by ten in the fourth quarter, and Tom Brady gets the ball, and it just becomes a sort of inevitability yeah, at this was, point, uh, right? You knew it was coming. Um, and funny, so, so, like, what's the formula for beating them then? Because they have been beaten this year. Yeah. Yes. Um, and the Jags put the really, but it's just a case that you just got to have a significant enough lead going into the final quarter. That well, I... when I think about all the previous Tom Coughlin wins against the Patriots, <laughs> well, that's <laughs> all the God, that's the what happened here. And this was a, this really was a, a complete flashback to so many of the Giants Patriots games um, in the way it played out, and you know. Those games weren't cases of of the Giants building up an unassailable lead. This game really reminded me of, I don't know how many other people remember this, a great Giants-Patriots regular season game in 2011 at Gillette Stadium um, when Tom Brady did exactly that. The Giants had really 
held the Patriots in check. They'd kept them, they'd kept the points down. And then with a minute left, Tom Brady just went up and, and got a touchdown. But then, as it so happened, Eli Manning went up the field and scored another touchdown as time expired. And that was this really was a carbon copy of that game, but Blake Bortles couldn't do what Eli Manning did. And for for all it's worth, though, Blake Bortles played the game of his yeah. life for three quarters, without a doubt. Well, he played the game of his life, but then in the fourth quarter, with however three minutes left in the game or something mm-hmm. like that, the Patriots had a had a third down and then and a fourth down like around midfield, and they they punted. So they kind of no matter what Blake Bortles had done for three and a half yeah, quarters, they, they were perfectly happy to put it on his shoulders. Yeah. And Tony Romo said, he was like, this is your life. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> like, well, that was his life. That was his life. Like, it was, yeah. yeah. If you're the best quarterback of all time, go for it. Yeah. He was, he was brilliant. He was incredible. He was 20 feet and 36, three for 293 yards, one touchdown, no interception, which is, which is very close to Brady's stats. I mean, that's what, that's what I sort of think is what, more could the Jags have done? There's some talk about that um, penalty decision that they yes. go their way. Yeah, but I think you can't replace it all on that. So, what else could they have done? Like, was it just the fact that Brady is Brady, or? Well, I think it's partly that, and I think the other thing that you could point to is the Jags' play calling offensively in the fourth quarter. It seemed like every first down play they had was an inside handoff to Fournette, which went nowhere. Um, they just got a bit, I feel like they just got a bit frozen and a bit caught in the headlights and try to just run it out when there was no reason really to stop throwing the ball. So and you do no... keep throwing it like the Falcons did in the Super Bowl? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, that's the thing. No, 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 it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for any listeners at home, this is, I am a heartbroken uh, forever Falcons fan, so I guess that's sort of worth telling up front <laughs> if I seem to have any sort of... Um, yeah, but right, that's sort of the ultimate dilemma with the Patriots, right? Because, and we talked about this last week, is as a Falcons fan, I was, in, in the Super Bowl last year, I was kind of happy keeping our foot on the gas pedal, right? Um, because I felt like that's how you beat them. And then you see a game like this, where a team sort of goes in the opposite direction, and they try to play uber-conservative, and it doesn't work out either. I, I, I do think that, you know, there is no one formula to winning a game against a, a team that's coached by the greatest coach of all time. Also, we talked about this too, but the the Jaguars run one of the most predictable offenses in the NFL. When they line up in power formation, they're going to run. When they line up with three wide receivers, they're going to pass. And at some point, when you're up and the defense is dialed in, there's only so much you can do, right? It sucks when the Patriots win football games. It does. <laughs> well, let's talk about something slightly more positive. Um, the other game, which was even less entertaining certainly and 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 it was but it was maybe a little bit happier for someone like gareth and i who don't have a reason to despise the eagles i know i know rob you're not incredibly happy about the super bowl matchup um no this is one of the worst super bowl matchups i could imagine um and i was after the patriots won i was really putting all my faith in case keenum and the vikings um but that was a blowout and you know the eagles played great they they, they the eagles were incredible actually um and I'm pretty sure the Patriots coaches will be pretty scared watching that that tape. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I I suppose I was quite impartial, but I was rooting for the Vikings. I think mostly because of sort of fairy tale of it, you know, being in Minnesota and the whole uh, Minneapolis miracle. It, I sort of got caught up in that a bit, and I really it sort of felt like destiny. Yeah, <laughs> it was at that one, one point when they were sort of getting blown out, and then they caused them sort of. They caught, was it um, Thielen caught some oh my god touch on catch. We were like, oh, it's mm. happening yeah it's, it's, it's very, yeah. and then you realised that no it definitely wasn't 
Yeah, it wasn't a catch, but it's like you wanted it so bad for them. Like, we really believe, and, and yeah, none of us have any allegiance to the Vikings, but just something about, because the Eagles realistically have the same sort of narrative behind them of like, they've never wanted, the town is sort of heartbroken yeah. or whatever, but they they grease up the poles, like, mm. but there's something about Eagles, the dog mask and everything, I don't know, I can't, I can't get down with it, I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's a tricky, it's a tricky fan base to sort of <laughs> jump on board with, but um, uh, it's it's actually an exciting Super Bowl matchup. That's that's the positive of the two results that it is probably the best possible Super Bowl matchup before last weekend was the one we're getting, I would say. Um, and yeah, I didn't see that performance coming. I really didn't. I thought it was a tough matchup for the Vikings. I thought they'd struggle to run the ball in the Eagles. But I didn't think it would go anything like this. Yeah, and I mean, just sort of, I mean, to your point too, like, I do think that in terms of the Super Bowl matchup, if we do want to start talking about that, I mean, I, I think that this Eagles defense is going to present probably the biggest or one of the biggest challenges that the Patriots have had to face this year, right? Um, that front coming after Tom Brady. I mean, we talked about earlier, so what is sort of the formula for being the Patriots? That's allegedly the formula, right? Is, is to offer the sort of pressure that the Eagles can offer with just four guys um, and sort of be able to sit back in coverage. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think this is the toughest defense the Patriots have played since last week. So they, <laughs> they definitely have, the, they have their two worst matchups coming sort of back-to-back. Back. Yes. Um, and they've come through the first test. And, you know, I think tradition... I think the for, formula to beat the Patriots is... Not necessarily what it always was. I mean, it used to always be that you get interior pressure on Brady, and I think that's still the same. And then it used to be that you man up and, and jam the receivers um, at the start of the play and try to disrupt those underneath routes and those slot routes. But they're a much more vertical offense now, and they can beat you, I think, in so many more ways now. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think, it, like you say, it all starts with the Eagles' front four. It's going to be interesting. I mean, Fletcher Cox can wreck any game and I think he's excited you know apparently he's never watched the Super Bowl before he Fletcher claimed, Cox has never watched a Super Bowl he claims to have never watched a I Super Bowl I do before. not believe that he said that came I out this week I refuse to believe that he said that he has never watched a Super Bowl what's his explanation for it is that is it that he no you know I didn't read the whole article is I he think not it's interested one of those, or I think it's one of those it's probably one of those if we're not playing it yeah, yeah. I'm not interested kind of thing yeah. I mean it may may not be true but in his life but not even as a kid I don't yeah, that's that's my thing. And all, you've never, well, you've never accidentally like you just haven't been watching TV. Or, I, I, I'm I'm incredibly skeptical. Or like I, I refuse to believe that he wasn't at least once like a fan of the halftime show performer or something, and, and was, <laughs> that he wasn't like a big Prince fan or, or a big like Red Hot Chili Peppers fan one year. And he says, "I don't watch sports." You know that. <laughs> that's the quote. And then, oh, come on. <laughs> Well, you know, you do have people who are incredibly good at something and they have no interest in that actual field. Like Lionel Messi doesn't watch, doesn't interested in football, apparently, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he's just a very good football just player. An idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is sort of a different story, I guess. But there are some people, though, where it's like you, you're you so consumed by the thing that you do or whatever, mm. right? Like, it's like if I was. Well you, well, you don't read any journalism, do you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're yeah, such a yeah. Journalist well, that's that the thing. Really well, it's sort of for a different reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because I know that I can't. I don't listen to any podcasts either. Um, mm. Just because I know how good I am at it, and I'm not going to learn anything yeah. from it. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I imagine, like, I, I wonder how much, like, Daniel Day Lewis likes watching movies, 
You know what I mean? I think uh, I've heard something about that he doesn't watch movies. No, I, no, I think, he, yeah, mentioned he that. actually, he, he like, um, he has all these weird hobbies where he like, he, like he spends all his time going like cooking classes and things like that. I don't want to, I don't want to misrepresent <laughs> Danny Lewis. No, but he has all these sort of like weird, just like adult man hobbies that he does instead of watching movies because yeah. his, his life is movies. Well, it's work, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I guess it kind of depends if you, what your role is. Like, I can't really imagine that if you're a quarterback, you can't, you have to love. Yes. Football. I want to watch a load of tape and just watch, you watch, you watch and be completely immersed with it. Whereas, I don't know if you're like, if you're a linebacker, do you, you just, you're just running at the quarterback. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. Yeah. Like, you just, you didn't have to be quite so well, immersed in the whole. There was a, a Hard Knocks series. I want to say it was, I believe it was the Dolphins Hard Knocks from four or five years ago. And this was the year that Ryan Tannehill was a rookie. And Matt Moore was the veteran. Mm. And um, in the quarterback's room, they were having a chat about the NFL. And Ryan Tannehill didn't know, like, any of the NFL divisions. And Matt Moore was like, who's in the NFC East? And he was like, uh, I don't know, Atlanta? Like, he had no idea. And Matt Moore couldn't believe it. So, oh, I don't know. Maybe it's a more widespread thing that we that, than we think that... NFL players just actually don't oh, care God. about the NFL. I mean, I'd love to think that that's more of like a Ryan Tannehill problem. But, <laughs> yeah, maybe. You know what I mean? I feel like there are a lot of those out there. But um... well, Nasty apparently is the same, that when he was young, someone just gave him a football and said, oh, kick that over there. And he was like, okay. And he did yeah. it. And he was really good at it. And he says, okay. And then he starts running with it. And then someone comes towards him. And he thinks, oh, I need to kick the ball out of his way. Oh, there's another guy. Oh, I'll kick it out of his way. And then suddenly he scores. It's just so... It's also natural. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, you just... Yeah. Thing. That, yeah. Um, elite sporting. So, okay, well, somebody who I I do think watches football and has indicated that in spurts over the years is um, a man by the name of Nick Foles, who is now, to all of our surprise, playing in a Super Bowl. Um, and I guess the other thing that we sort of want to talk about with this, right, is, I mean, this, this Eagles offense coming off that last game seems like no joke. Like, a couple weeks ago, we would have said, you know, this is a horrible matchup. But now, if you're the Patriots, you do have to be pretty worried about what you saw in that game, right? Definitely. I mean, it was like a uncanny Carson Wentz impression that Nick Foles was doing. <laughs> and, and it feels like everything sort of has clicked at the right time. I mean, he came into a team with a few weeks left in the season. He plays horribly and people think the season's over. But he started to get better and better, and he played relatively well in the first playoff game. And then last week, he 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 was you know off. And and last week was the first time that I've seen the coaches actually put the game in his hands. I mean, there are there are a lot of play calls I remember in the divisional round game where, um, you know, the the, the Eagles coordinators were trying to hide Nick Foles as much as possible and and trying to give him a lot of running plays and dump offs. And last week we didn't really see that and and. That play, that moment where he was sort of caught mid-sack for about three seconds, and then somehow his arm comes out and he launches it down the field and there's a wide-open receiver. I mean, that was kind of like the turning point where you're like, wow. And from then on, he just he just didn't stop. Incredible. And the Patriots, they they must not know which Nick Foles they're getting. Yeah, seriously. I mean, and especially, I mean, just looking back, his I mean, Nick Foles is such a confusing guy to track in general, right? Because he had... That one season that was absolutely incredible. And then he sort of... Which, by the one thing I would like to bring up, do you know who his offensive coordinator was the year that he threw for 27 touchdowns and two interceptions? Was it Pat Shermer? It was Pat Shermer. Um, Good. Yeah, future, <laughs> future Giants head coach, yeah. Pat Shermer. Yeah, that's uh, just just thought I would throw that in there. Um, yeah, excellent. But, uh, um, 
but yeah, I mean, and then sort of disappeared, faded into obscurity for about two and a half, three years. Um, but it does look like sort of whether it's it's scheme or it really is some sort of like you know out of body experience. I mean, that quarterback highlight reel was one of the most fun. I went back and watched just Nick Foles' highlights like three or four times last week. It was one of the most fun like NFL performances to watch all year easily well that's pretty sad i think to watch it three or four times okay <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was um yeah no it was it was it was incredible and that was as i say the first game where he'd had the full playbook and they had given him the full carson wentz uh game plan and he had ta- and he had just gone with it and you know the patriots don't have much film of him doing that like i'm sure they'll go back and i mean obviously they'll watch maybe the film when he was with the eagles before and maybe when he was with other teams but really you've got one game where um where he took on the Carson Wentz role. And I don't know which Nick Foles the Patriots are going to be preparing for, whether they're going to be preparing for, for that kind of Nick Foles or whether they're going to think that was an anomaly, kind of in the way that they punted to Blake Bortles after he'd had the game of his life. They, you know, they played true to who they thought Blake Bortles was despite what had just happened. And maybe they, maybe they do the same thing with Foles. Mm. I sort of feel that he has the talent, though, where he could... Do a last-minute drive, so they were a lot more diverse. That's the advantage, maybe, because if it was Carson Wentz going into this game, they could, you know, Belichick would, would like come up with some super scheme to play his weaknesses and stuff. But you don't really know what sort of quarterback they're going to get. And talking of which, what do you th- sort of think that like Carson Wentz would be thinking on the sideline? What his what's his sort of mindset going into this? When he's putting like an MVP-style season and then gets injured, and now has to, sort of watching someone else take over and do well, like. I know it's one of the most sort of fascinating storylines you could ever have in a Super Bowl, right? Because you have a quarterback who now could come into the backup and and really could feasibly, obviously the Patriots are favored, but really could feasibly win the Super Bowl. Nick Foles could. And and then, but then going into the next season, there is a 0% chance that Carson Wentz is not the undisputed starter of that team. And I do feel like that's sort of a very rare, rare circumstance to have a situation like that where you have such a fantastic player and then you have you know a guy who apparently is good enough to at least take you to the Super Bowl coming in as the backup very way I mean I mean I think if the Patriots win this game I think probably all is forgotten with Nick Foles but say Nick Foles wins the Super Bowl then that he he is in such a unique position I mean does a does a team make a run on him and try to Mm -hmm. give him money I don't know I mean I think Say he puts in a Super Bowl MVP performance against the Patriots, I have to think someone is going to pay him and he's going to take another big payday. Yeah, you would, certain, you would certainly think so. And this actually sort of leads into what I think is sort of one of the biggest storylines that is worth talking about in this game, right? Is um, just the idea of the sort of brief history of backup quarterbacks winning Super Bowls and also the brief history of, I mean, ultimately, yes, Nick Foles could play well in this game, but he is... He's realistically, in the grand scheme of things, for quarterbacks to win the Super Bowl, he is a bad quarterback by comparison, right? So he sort of enters that that Trent Dilfer range of people, right, who who have won these Super Bowls and have carried teams, whether it's scheme or the defense, in the case of the Eagles, and or sort of out-of-body experience, like what he's having through the Super Bowl. And so the question I kind of wanted to pose to you guys in relation to all this is, you know, where do we kind of see that historically? Like, how how impressive would this be? compared to, you know, other sort of backups who have won. So, I mean, the the estimation that I have here in front of me, according to uh, 
the NY Daily News is that nine backup quarterbacks have won the Super Bowl before. And two of those, I would argue, are incredibly unfair. One is Kurt Warner. Um, I mean, come on. Yeah. And then one is Tom Brady, because yeah. he was technically a backup when Bledsoe got hurt. Um, so, you have, so you have seven guys you're dealing with. You have guys like Trent Dilfer, um, Jeff Hosteller, Doug Williams, um, Terry Bradshaw, technically in there. Well, I think... Jeff Hosteller is the, is the one that is closest to the Nick Foles situation currently. I mean, he really was not the starting quarterback mm-hmm. for, until Phil Simms got injured, and then he came in and led the Giants to the Super Bowl. I mean, that's that's probably the most pure situ, mirror situation as to what is happening here. But, I mean, that was a running football team. I mean, he did, there was not too much on his shoulders in that season, whereas last week, I mean... Uh, Nick Foles throwing for 350 yards or whatever he did. I mean, he won that game, really. Um, there wasn't too much of a running game to speak of. Um, and the defense played great, but, I mean, he played even better. So I think if he puts in that kind of performance again, and I think it will have to probably be that kind of performance to win the Super Bowl, then I, he's surely in a league of his own, kind of, in terms of quarterbacks who have done that. Yeah, who who have been... who Who are objectively bad quarterbacks who have won the Super Bowl with, like, MVP caliber performances, right? Because he could be... Well, are you an objectively bad quarterback if you win the Super Bowl? Uh, no, no, no. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm saying objectively bad from a resume perspective coming into hit, t- fulfilling the role. I see what you... I, see, I completely yeah, see yeah, your yeah. point. But, no, no, I mean, fair it's... enough. But I'm just... I'm saying, what is the tradition? I, I, I don't know the answer to this, but... And I should have this in front of me, but how many backup quarterbacks have won the Super Bowl for their team, and then won the MVP trophy for their team. Because couldn't we see that happen with Nick Foles? Yeah, where, yeah, where he wins the MVP. If the, if the Eagles win, isn't there a good chance he's probably the MVP of that game? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> it is. It is. I don't think it's ever happened really like this before. Yeah. If 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 it happens, I mean, it has to happen first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so, and this is a way more compelling thing than the other storyline that I want to talk about, because... The other thing is something that has happened an unfortunate five times already and might happen for a very unfortunate sixth time, um, which is, you know, I think I think for anyone who had arguments about Tom Brady being the greatest quarterback of all time, that was probably ended last year, undisputably. So if you're sitting in position on the side of the Patriots now, say the Patriots win, with Brady, what does this do, if anything, to sort of affect his legacy, Belichick's legacy? You know, sort of how do you how do you view that? Do you view that dynasty any differently? What do you guys think? Um, I don't think it would affect his legacy. I, I think you wouldn't judge it on this one. I think, it, like you said, this would sort of cement any sort of doubt completely. But he's not me judge over one game and the way that he's conducted himself this season, particularly where. I think going into it, a lot of people said, you know, age has to catch up at some point. And then he had that dip to the start. And he had a couple of games towards the end of the local season where people were raising question marks. Then the postseason, which has been absolutely devastating and been the sort of player that he is at his best, where he's coming from behind, just doing his sort of Superman thing. Mm-hmm. So I think you can't really argue that at this stage, I don't think, personally. I don't think it affects his legacy at all, whether he loses this game or wins it. Yeah. But I mean... Obviously, he wants to win it. I mean, he's a he's a great competitor, clearly, and he's if he keeps eating his avocados, he's obviously going to keep <laughs> playing until he's forty five. So he's 
I don't think he's worried about legacy or anything like that. I, I think he wants to get as many rings as he can. Um, and this is the next best chance is next week. So yeah. I don't, I think the legacy, I think the legacy questions really were, you know, three years ago when the Patriots were coming in against the Seahawks, you know, had they lost that game, which could very easily have happened had, mm-hmm. you know, something gone another yes. way. And then maybe they come into the Falcons game and had they lost that game, which could very easily have happened then you're kind of looking at you're looking at his career and you're thinking, okay, well the guy's been to seven Super Bowls, but he won three early in his career. Mm-hmm. And the same for Belichick. And then there was a sort of break in the middle of the career where they put together the best team ever in the regular season and lost in the Super Bowl. In loss, yeah. And then they went to three more Super Bowls and they lost. And then maybe the you know maybe he's a bit of a choker. Maybe that was yeah. like, literally you changed two plays in the whole of the history of the NFL. And maybe the greatest quarterback of all time is is the choker who hasn't done anything since he was 24, 25. Yeah. But now those questions, yeah, I think, are, are kind over. Of, yeah. I guess, to a certain extent, you could say choker, but I think just to get to that position time after time isn't luck. That you, that you can't just get... No, it's not luck at all. But, but once he, you're in that situation, and like, then... And like with the Super Bowl last year, you can... I, I just really think it's so tricky to say, oh, yeah, the... You know, just all on the Falcons, they choked, they threw this away, but like so much. I think credit has got to be due to being in that position and coming up with that sort of performance. You need someone to, at the end of the day. And like the like the um, Jags game, that's on him, really. You know, oh, the Jags should have won, they, you know, they should have won this game, but you still need a person to pull that out of nowhere. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, that is sort of the thing, right? Is and, what's, and I have one more question I'll ask you before we sort of dwell on the magic of Brady for. A little bit longer unfortunately but um i mean okay so winning or losing this game notwithstanding how much longer do we think brady plays for because we just we just said that legacy is no longer really a factor right but he he's playing for the sake of competition he's playing because he's in shape and he figures that he should play as long as he's informed to do so um i mean what do we think do we think that he can keep this up for three years thing is there is never been a quarterback playing at this level at the yeah. age of 40. Yeah, there's no precedent for this. It's so, hard to predict. Who knows? I mean, we don't know. Um, you can maybe say that there were times this season when uh, he looked a bit he, he looked a bit weaker. You know, you look at the Dolphins game, which uh, they lost, which he had like a 50-something pass rating or something. But, I mean, there's nothing yet to suggest that he's slowing down. So until you see signs then you can't really predict but it can happen fast i mean with Peyton Manning Peyton Manning started his last season the same old Peyton Manning mm-hmm. he had a few knocks and by the end of it he couldn't throw the ball more than five yards i mean it can happen very quickly so we'll see and we're on constant Brady watch but at the moment there's nothing to suggest that mm-hmm. I mean that there's that thing that you hear that you know father time is still undefeated and it is true like it's it can only go on for so long. But maybe he's different. Maybe it is the avocado. <laughs> and we're just seeing something that has never happened before in human existence. But, I mean, beyond like 43, 44, that's just... I know. That's getting... That's all I'm sold my dad. Like, that's, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he starts going grey and this is... Yeah. I was thinking that for... Um, 
for the, you guys' Super Bowl party that we should have some guacamole just in case, <laughs> just in case that it yeah. is the avocados. You know, I mean? we, we should probably be taking care of ourselves. Well, that might help us stay up well into yeah. the early hours if we have avocados. Yeah, that's that, yeah, that because we are homage to Brady. Maybe mm. he does. Yeah. Well, I don't know what we can do for Nick. I guess we could make some Philly cheesecake, Philly cheesesteaks for the yeah. For Philly, yeah. I love Philly cheesesteaks. Do you? And I love guac, so... Okay, <laughs> alright, well, so, we won't plan our entire Super Bowl party on the, on air, but... Although that might be interesting, it would be a little bonus episode for people. Um, but, okay, well, and this is the last time that we will sort of, you know, pump up Brady. Um, not as though he's listening to the show, though, it's we're not necessarily feeding his ego. Yeah, you know, who knows? Um, yeah. So, did you know that Tom Brady watched, I can't remember which Super Bowl it was, this was four or five years ago. Oh, so he does watch the Super Bowl. It's a Super Bowl that he wasn't in. <laughs> okay, yeah. And he said... That he watched it illegally on an illegal stream while on holiday with Giselle. Really? Yeah. Wow. Illegally. He admitted it. Oh, that's mm. incredibly incriminating. <laughs> also, him up. Also, right? yeah, yes. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, well, this this does kind of turn us into one of the, not illegal streaming doesn't, but, the, but sort of Brady's legacy and all that into the sort of like fun side of this that I want to discuss, which with the Super Bowl, there's so much coverage around it, right? And for when it comes to people who choose to bet on sporting performances, there are about a thousand prop bets that you can you can choose from uh, for the Super Bowl because it is sort of the biggest you know sports event you know for a lot of people of the year. Um, and one of them, the the simplest one, we'll get into some of the wackier ones in a second, but the simplest one I want to get you guys' thoughts on is the odds for the MVP. And if, if you do have any advice for any of our betting listeners out there, I'm going to give you guys the odds, and I'm curious to see what you guys sort of think about this. But but Tom Brady is a four to five favorite right now for, as MVP. Mm-hmm. Nick Foles is three to one. Gronk is twelve to one. Brandon Cooks eighteen to one, and then Dion Lewis rounding out the top five at twenty to one. So you have four Patriots in there. First of all, I think there's a pretty good odds on Brady, and I think you know if the, if the Patriots win. The Super Bowl, whatever the score is, Brady will be the MVP. Mm-hmm. I can't see any way that the voters give it to anyone else yeah. at this point. Um, maybe you stick a quid on Nick Foles. I mean, that's pretty. Cause it, you, I, I can't. I mean, maybe they give it to the defensive player if it's their defense really comes mm-hmm. and wins it for them. But well, yeah. I mean, I'd be interested to know what the odds on Fletcher Cox are because for him to, you know, yeah, if they win and they get and a single player maybe gets a couple of picks, like that could. Mm-hmm. Makes sense for the MVP. That's the tough thing with betting non-quarterback odds, though, right? Is you're counting even even with a player like Deion Lewis, mm-hmm. right? Deion Lewis probably has to score. He has to score at least two touchdowns, maybe three touchdowns yeah. too, and and like he has to have some sort of like. I mean, normally you think players like that have to have a big special teams play, and then he yeah. has to have a receiving touchdown. It would probably have to be the kind of situation where it just so happens that the Patriots are on the one yard line. You know, a Brady pass ends at the one-yard line, and then all three of their touchdowns are run in by Dion Lewis. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even in that situation, that Brady is still going to get it. Brady would have to take himself out of the MVP. Like maybe if he threw a couple of picks, they still managed to win through pounding the one-yard line. You can't really give him the MVP award. Yeah, exactly. So, and just just for to clarify, Fletcher Cox is forty to one. Do we think that's a compelling? It's forty to one. If if they get into that if that sort of Seahawks Broncos situation where the defense clearly wins the game and you have mm-hmm. to give it to a defender, but there's no real standout stat guy, so they just gave it to Malcolm Smith because he had that pick six. But maybe they just 
you get into that kind of situation, they just give it to Fletcher Cox because he's mm. the best player. Ah, uh, see, you have, you have Ronald Darby at two hundred to one, though. I feel like if you're going to bet a defensive player, you're just going for the fences at this point. Yeah, I don't know. Also, yeah, you can see him getting a pick. You have James two. Harrison at hundred to one. See, these are dangerous. These are actually <laughs> this is all bad news. Um, okay, well, what are what are some of the other ones? I mean, are the other ones you guys know that have that are kind of interesting prop bets? I mean, I have a couple more. If if you um, one that I always think is really interesting is there's there's always one on the jersey number of the first touchdown score. I'm so. This is also alien to me. I'm yeah. not a big sort of gambling sports fan, but mm-hmm. even this, I don't. It's not really a thing in in the UK. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's a general thing in America or just like Super Bowl. I think it's the Super. It gets is so it? specific yeah. for the Super Bowl. Right. I think. Yeah, I think that's the problem. Like, yeah, I would never even think about anything like this for another yeah. game. I think. Well, actually, Rob and I uh, have already agreed to to bet on either side of the coin toss. What oh, you you're going to. Are you tails? I was gonna be tails. Yeah. You're gonna be tails. You're gonna yes. be heads. Okay. His tails never fail. Is there anything? Is there anything else you guys are gonna bet on? You know for a fact. Can I convince I'll you? Certainly, by the end? I'll certainly. I'll. I always take a few prop bets in the Super okay. Bowl. I always bet on a few of the halftime show details. So mm. I always take the over on how many songs uh, they expect to start the halftime performer to sing. Um, I. I think I've done the jersey number one before. Maybe. Yeah, that was kind of. It's it's fun. There's sort of like a predictive element to that one. One of my favorites, I think, was that uh, apparently somewhere they're taking odds on Justin Timberlake to have his shirt ripped open. Yes, yeah. What do, what do we think about that? I think that's actually a really good one. <laughs> I don't think I'll specify whether it's... What are it the Because you could generally do it as a joke. I mean, I don't think you would. <laughs> I think he might have his shirt ripped open. Oh, there's a prop bet that Tim- Justin Timberlake was some dick in a box. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a really good. Okay, I mean, I'm not. I would never bet that, but that's. I mean, it's inventive that it exists. But, um, you can bet on the color of shirt that Belichick wears. Well, here's an interesting one. I mean, that's navy. It's navy. <laughs> here's an interesting yeah. one. Um, actually, what are the odds on navy? Because I might have a go on. Uh, that. one, one to two. Yeah. 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 Um. So. It's five to one that Nipplegate will be mentioned during the entire television broadcast. Which, five to one. Yeah. Five to one. Yeah. But maybe that's something they wouldn't want. Who's who's announcing it? It's Al, Al Michaels, right? Alan and Chris. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they'll certainly. Oh, Al Michaels certainly mentioned it. Sure. Yeah, I feel like Al Michaels has to. You, you give, definitely. You give a guy that old five hours to just kind of talk. You but know? I wonder. I wonder if he if the bet specifies that he has to say the word nipplegate, in which case it becomes much less likely because yeah he would be briefed not to say nipple. But I'm yeah. sure he'll drop a few sort of innuendos or, or, or subtle references to Nipplegate. I mean, it would, mm-hmm. it would be yeah. weird if he wouldn't almost. Mm, there right. are various um, uh, um, options for which Celebrity Eagles fan will be shown first. Oh! Sylvester Sloan is 30 to 1. I feel like he's That's an obvious bet. one. He'll yeah. be sort of, you know... Yeah, they, the they, they do Bradley Cooper um, really Bradley often. Cooper. Oh. They show him Bradley Cooper hearts. appears in everything. Bradley yeah. Cooper's four to one. He's the shortest of. Yeah, yeah, he'll Kobe be. Bryant, twelve to one. Oh yeah. To appear first or to appear to, most. It's shown first by NBC. Yeah. Oh, I can't be Kobe Bryant though. He's he's. I think it'll be Bradley Cooper. Yeah. No, we Will have Smith, a Smith nine to one. Oh, we, that's a good one. We have a thing where every Wimbledon final, they show Bradley Cooper in centre court like four or five times in, in the BBC world. broadcast. It's it's ridiculous. That's so strange. Why is he so visible? I don't get it because he's not. That famous. No, I mean, it's not. Not, not in the royal box, they often have like actual royalty. Yeah, I mean, it's the royal box, <laughs> but, but also just super, super A-list celebrity. 
Oh, this is, this is a good, I have a couple good ones for you, Rob, I think. Uh-huh. Um, so there, there are two prop bets about the halftime show being a, as a tribute to Prince. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be, you know, Interesting. Um, there's, there are odds that... His but half- what defines a tribute to Prince? Well, so there are odds on, on if the halftime show includes a full Prince song, mm. two full Prince songs, a medley of Prince songs, or no Prince songs. And you actually have the best odds for a full Prince song. I don't think you can do a super halftime show in Minneapolis a year and a half after Prince dies and not sing a Prince song. Yeah. However, a full Prince song, I mean, I'd be tempted to take a medley mm-hmm. because I can I can certainly see, you know, two or three choruses, like like there's a little bit of, of um, you know, Kiss and then a little bit of mm-hmm. Little Red Corvette and then an ending of a bit of Purple Rain. Yeah, there then... ha- I think you th- you figure Purple Rain has to be in there, right? And you have three to one odds for Purple Rain too. I mean, we is we... Justin Timberlake a big uh, Prince admirer? Presumably, I, I I would just I mean you would think he has to at least have some sort of respect for. Oh, here's all the guests that he could bring out as well. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, T.I. Right. Yeah, T. So T. <laughs> so, is so we have T.I. Timbaland. Jay-Z. They do the song together, maybe. I guess I I find Jay Z to be more likely than the other, but and then you have Madonna at nine to one. Yeah, I guess I should be reading these to actually Janet Jackson, two hundred to one. Yeah, the Janet Jackson two hundred to one. I feel like you you just you throw like five quid on that, right? You you absolutely <laughs> you do. You absolutely do. So, are do any of these people guest star in in any of Justin Timberlake's recent songs or or famous songs or? Um, Gosh, see, here's the thing. I I should be more informed on Justin Timberlake, but I, <laughs> well, I'm not a huge fan of of the I'm new stuff. That. That's, that's the thing. Yeah. I actually I actually wanted to get this. You is actually sort of the last thing. This is a good, a smooth so transition. Good. I sort of wanted to start start to wrap up on just sort of hating on Justin. Well, look, Timberlake. if you bang on about how smooth the transition is, then it takes <laughs> yeah. away the smoothness of the transition. You've just got to go with it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, look, I don't. I I I think that he's. You know, some classics of our of our lives really yes. have been created by Justin Timberlake. Yeah, they're kind of dated. Like, they are dated. Days, they so are dated. So, I'm what do not we think? That hyped about Justin Timberlake. I mean, completely honest. I think he's a decent performer. I think it's fine. I think that there have been worse halftime show performers. And, yes, and I think so much of it depends on the production. I mean, if you have an unbelievable show, mm-hmm. then I think it'll be great for us. You know, worse. we're not getting Coldplay again, so that's he has yeah, done quite bonus. a bit with Jay Z. Yeah. Recently. I, and that is, um, so, but what do we think? Oh, okay. So, My Love featured T.I. Okay. Do you remember that song? I don't. Oh, yeah. It's number one, apparently. No, it's like, My Love. Do, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, do, yeah. 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 And then, that's about it. So, what do we think is the opening song? The opening song? Don't you think it's probably like Can't Stop the Feeling or something like that? I think Can't Stop the Feeling is the last song. Uh, it could be, but the, I feel like if he does this. Prince tribute, maybe I don't know. Do you think he can end with Purple Rain or something? Oh, I don't you think you, you have to end. You have to start and end of, of, on okay. your own song. Yeah, I fair think. Enough. I think. You know, I can hear the mirrors intro as a good sort of everything's black and then yeah. there's a few lights and then there's. That's a good point. Or or I can see Crimea River as yeah. the first song. No, no, uh, too first soft. Song. Yeah. What about what about like does he just come out like balls to the wall and do like rock your body or something? Or sexy back. Yeah, sexy back. <laughs> just like, straight out of the gate with sexy back. And just Janet Jackson immediately ripped the shirt open. <laughs> just go straight to it. No holds barred. 
Uh, the more we talk about this, actually, the more I think he's he's got a lot of good songs. I'm I'm, I'm pumped. No, no, I'm I'm cool with it. I just I just don't. And this isn't a music podcast, but I just don't like the the new vibe. I'm not with. I'm not with the new vibe. Yeah, I think he ends on "Can't Stop the Feeling," and okay. I think he starts on a bit of "Crimea River" as a sort of slow. You know, everything's black, and then there's a few white lights. And then you, you can kind of half see him or you can see a silhouette or something or you can see his shadow. And then it's it's Crimea River and you're like, wow, you're getting hyped. And then, doom, and then the lights yeah, come on yeah, and then he yeah, goes in to rock your body. They got quite a um, good actor. Because last year they did Lady Gaga jumping from the roof. Yeah, and that was, that was insane. Yeah. Entrance. Yeah, that, they going to plant it? Maybe come to the floor yeah. or something. And they, pre, they actually pre, <laughs> dig your way out <laughs> into the field. Yeah, they unfortunately pre-recorded Lady Gaga jumping off the yeah, roof because yeah, they, they had did, to yeah. close the roof for the uh-huh. game. Which uh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, yeah. she oh she fooled you. Yeah, she, she, she got did. She really did. No, she got me the first time, yeah. but I read it the next day. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I loved it. We just said hi, mom. I know, so charming. Oh gosh, yeah, Gaga got to me without a doubt. Um, all right, well, we can go on and on and on about, <laughs> about the prop halftime show and the prop bets. But I, to, the last thing I did want to talk about to kind of close this up is I do think that we are sort of a decidedly opinionated podcast when it comes to the Super Bowl. I think all of us generally know what team we're rooting for. Are we, do, are we on the same page on this? I know what team I'm rooting for. Do you, Gareth, do you know what team you're rooting for? But it's a hard... I mean, I'm holding my nose and yeah. rooting for the Eagles. It's not a... It's yeah, not yeah, a, yeah. I'm not excited about Gareth, it. Gareth, you're, yeah, you're, you're allowed to say... Who you're like? If it's the Patriots, I, I like a true underdog story. Okay. See. Okay. So that's yeah. I I developed this this sort of resentment toward the fans that people seem to have a bit more in the NFL. So I'm kind of not really. Mm-hmm. I don't really mind that one so much at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I. So, yeah. So I sort of wanted to make our recommendation as a podcast that you. It's a tough choice, but I do think you should root for the Eagles. I think for a number of reasons. Mm. Um, one. Everybody likes an underdog story, no matter where it comes from. I'm sorry if it has to come from Philadelphia. I apologize to you, Rob. I also think, you know, speaking to our uh, presumably predominantly UK audience, you have to root for London's own son, mm-hmm. JJ. Yeah. Right. Um, I forgot all about that. Yeah. yeah. So I think that that's yet another reason. Um, it's you, always in Philadelphia. It's always. <laughs> yeah. How, how do you? Yeah. How do you deny? <laughs> how do you well, deny Boston the gang? Not- was Cheers set in Boston? I mean, it Boston is, had yeah. a show. They have a show, but it's, I mean, come on, it's always no, sunny. No, 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 it's yeah, always yeah. sunny is, 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 yeah, absolutely. Unassailable. But those so. guys are such assholes. I mean, you don't really want them to be happy. <laughs> the people in Cheers? No, the people in It's Always Sunny. Yeah, but... Yeah, that's <laughs> they'll, true. They'll probably be getting up to some shenanigans next week that's for the true. game. That's true, yeah. like It's like when they got locked in the, when they went to see the Phillies in the World Series. Oh my they gosh. Got, they got lost in the, in the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> something like that will happen those guys honestly yeah. what are they like um yeah so so okay so that's that's a lot going in our favor i think i i just if i if we can leave people with anything i, I do think that it's i i just don't think it's interesting i don't even mean to sound like a sort of patriots hater i just don't think it's interesting to root for the patriots necessarily. no it's not i don't um, think you really need to convince people not to. okay no good, one good. likes a patriot yeah fan. come on and if you're listening you're a patriots fan Honestly, we don't need you. We don't, we don't need <laughs> we don't. you as a listener. We don't. Um, okay, last thing. I don't mean to jump this on you guys. I want to get your predictions for the game. And I, I, I did not prepare you for this. So we can we can take a second. Eagles 31, Patriots 27. Okay, good. You were ready. Gareth? I was ready. Patriots 31, Eagles 24. Okay. I'm going to go... 20 to 10 Patriots. I'm going to go 
26 21 to the Eagles. Wait, you Wait, just changed your name. I've changed. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you oh, say it like it was the first time? Please continue saying just different random numbers in an assortment. I think it could, uh, like, it's close to some people are giving it. Actually, just looking on um, on the Yahoo um, Pick'em accounts, other fancy <laughs> options out there. Um, New England are currently 53% pick distribution. To really? Which is pretty close. It's not that bad, especially yeah, considering... Been yeah, because what is, the, what is the line? Like, four and a half? Yeah, four and a half. It started five and a half. It slipped down to four and a half. Which means people are betting the Eagles. We'll see where it ends on Sunday. But yeah, I mean... Yeah. The, um, look, I, I think four and a half yeah. is, is... That's great. Take the Eagles. I mean, it's the Super Bowl. You know, Bad teams don't get to the Super Bowl. And honestly, the Patriots have not played in the Super Bowl in the past decade or more that hasn't been incredibly close and could genuinely have gone either way. So don't just see the name, the Patriots, and assume that, oh, Tom Brady's surely going to win. I mean, he might do, but it's the Super Bowl, and these players are probably going to play the game of their lives, and they're both good teams. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think if we can, if we can leave you with anything, it's um, Justin Timberlake's new music isn't very compelling, and <laughs> it's that anything can happen in this sport of football, right? Is that yeah. sort of the... There's a saying we have in the sport of football... <laughs> It's a game of inches, and you never know which way those inches are going to land, which side the inches are going to be on. So take the eagles. <laughs> that's unshakable logic. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty incredible advice to end on, if, if that sounds good to you guys. I mean... It sounds good to me. I mean, if I think of anything in the week, then... Um, you can just send me a recording of you saying it, and I'll just and attach it to the podcast. You yeah. can just add it on. And I'll I tweet it out. I'll tweet it out. Okay, yeah. You can follow me on Twitter, by the way, guys. Okay, at, yeah. Every, yeah at everybody Rob get their Pacheta. social handles. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So it's at Rob Pacheta. That's P-I-C-H-E-T-A. Okay. Uh, and then, yeah, I'm at Dill and Thompson. It's D-I-L-L-A-N-D-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N. And I'm at uh, Gareth Roberts 95 spelt as you'd expect fantastic I, I love how it's become a multi-platform affair now um <laughs> awesome well i guess we'll try to be back next Shameless week do we think um with another episode or we will have our super bowl reaction show yes but i mean it we won't be recording it, it will, on the sunday it night will not be recorded be at 5 30 in the morning yes no. yeah we, but yeah. we can do it on the monday or something we'll get you the the reaction and then are we not planning a an off-season look ahead i think uh, we have a, yeah we have a full off-season sort of rollout i think we're going to try to we're trying to we haven't decided exactly how we want to do it maybe but sort of we might take it by divisions mm-hmm. or um we could tackle the draft by different so send right, yeah. tweet us your questions yeah true yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah any question yeah uh it's r slash nfl rookie you Okay. <laughs> yeah. Actually, this is a good moment to say that Unnecessary Roughness is brought to you by NFL Rookie UK, which is the leading NFL UK blog site. Yeah, and with that, we leave you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, you guys. <laughs> See you next week. Yeah. Uh-huh.